Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 142. Today, I want to speak to you about God, the government, and our response out of Acts chapter 4. A notable miracle had been done in Acts chapter 3 at the beautiful gate when a man who had been sick for 40 years was absolutely and totally healed. So much so that people were astonished. And it gave Peter an opportunity in the temple complex around the porch of Solomon to begin to preach the gospel. And there was a great and overwhelming response. Well, let me just say to you, then as now, any time that something happens that is good and people's lives are changed for good, there is always someone who is in power, usually from a religious standpoint, who really doesn't like it. And that was the case here. And so you have all of the religious leaders coming together. And I just want to read to you the story and give you some running commentary as we go through Acts chapter 4, because it is very pertinent to where we are today with the great government overreach that is going on when governments and governors are saying you cannot worship God. I heard with my own ears yesterday a governor say you cannot worship God except in small numbers and you cannot meet together and you cannot sing. You don't need to pray out vocally. I mean, all of this stuff was just being said, saying you cannot worship in the way that you feel led to do, but you've got to do it in the way that I, as the governor, say. Well, in this country, he is overreaching. That's an overreach anywhere, as we're going to see in the Word of God. This is chapter 4. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple, those were the people who were in charge. Isn't it always the case? And the Sadducees, those were people who didn't even believe in the supernatural and miracles. They were primarily just religious people who had been born into positions, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. It's interesting because these were Jewish people, and it is the resurrection of the dead that distinguished them as Jews in their belief system from almost everyone else in the world, simply because the Apostle Paul brought this up and said, I am being tried and arrested because I am preaching what our fathers and the prophets and all of the, our forefathers have taught, and that is the resurrection of the dead. You see, the resurrection from the dead and spending eternity with God has always been the hope of the Jews. It's always been the hope of humanity, but certainly to the Jews. And so they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. And so Peter had been preaching, and John had been preaching. They had all been preaching, and God only knows how many had been influenced just by what happened that day. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and look at this, the number of men came to be about 5,000. That's not even counting the others, the women and others who had heard this. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers and elders and scribes 
as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as of the family of the high priest, were gathered together in Jerusalem. Now look at this. And when they had set them, that is, uh, Peter and John, the disciples, in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? They didn't like it, and they wanted to try to get to the bottom of it. Then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said unto them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to the helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, that's Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one, the promised one of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man stands before you whole. What a bold statement. And he said, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which became the chief cornerstone. Now, this is exactly what the writers of the Tanakh had already prophesied. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, listen to this. Now, when they, that is all these religious leaders, saw the boldness, the openness, the power and the authority of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Now, let me just stop there because the word is agrammatoi kai idiotai. And it says in the New King James, which I'm reading, uneducated and untrained. Now, let me just stop and talk to you about that because the word is the word grammar, grammatoi, with an alpha privative in front of it, which is the negation of anything that comes after it. So, grammatoi means schooled. It's where we get our word grammar for grammar school. Many of you remember when all of the elementary schools, what we call elementary schools now, were first through eighth grade, and they were called grammar schools in most places. And you put an A in front of it. Ah, grammatoi means they were unschooled. They were not schooled, and they were not trained. Idioti. That's where we get our word idiot. So they said, these people don't have any formal training. They don't know what they're doing. Now, who were these people that were saying that? They were the elite. They were those who had been to the proper schools. They were the ones who had the inside track. They were the ones that had been in power. And now here came these Galileans. They were not part of the system. They were not part of the in-group. And they were doing something that these people themselves could not do. And they're doing things without going through the system, the religious system, that gave these who were saying this their authority. Now, doesn't this sound familiar? You see, it always gets people into trouble. When someone has the power of God upon their life, what will the religious crowd do? Well, they didn't go to the right seminary. They didn't go to the right school. They didn't go to the university. You see, you don't have to go to the right school. You don't have to go to the right university. You don't have to go to the right seminary. But what you do have to have is a true salvation experience with God and the call of God upon your life and the anointing of God upon your life. And if that is there, that really is what's important, not who you sat under, not who trained you, not whether you had the proper credentials, because you see, Peter didn't have the proper religious credentials. John didn't have the proper religious credentials, but they had the power of God upon their lives, and they perceived that they had been with Jesus, but they didn't have all of the proper formal credentials. This also happens in the political world. We just saw it. You see, what's gotten people so upset about Donald Trump is he's messed up all these political people's playhouse. He's come in, and he's not playing by 
abiding by their rules. You see, he whether they're Democrat or Republican, he's just telling on all of them. And they're saying, well, you didn't go to the proper schools. You didn't go the proper channels. You haven't come up in the proper way. And we haven't trained you so that we can control you. And we can usually do that through lobbyists. We can usually do that through money. But he didn't need their money. He didn't need their lobbyists. And he didn't take their money. As a matter of fact, he served as a president for free. And this just got really on to them because he messed up their system. And any time, whether it's religiously or politically, you mess up somebody's system, they're going to do everything they can to destroy you. And what we're seeing in our nation today is people in the political system and even the religious system saying, we want to make sure that we destroy this man's character, his reputation, everything good that he's done. But not only that, they want to make sure that they send a message to others to make sure that nobody else tries what he's done because they don't want that anymore ever to happen again. And the same thing is true in churches and it's true in denominations. And this is what happened to Peter and John. The religious leaders didn't like it that lives were being changed. They didn't like it that people were really beginning to believe something that was going to change their lives. And that's what happened here in Acts chapter 4. They had not done one thing wrong. They had done everything right. But they didn't do it through them. And so what they try to do, they took that as a threat to their power, to their position. And when that happens, people are going to try to destroy you. And so what they did is they came against them and they sent them out of the room and they said in verse 15, but when they had commanded that they go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. Isn't that what they always do? saying, what shall we do with these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them. It's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Well, my question is, why would you want to deny it? My question is, what's wrong with somebody getting healed? What's wrong with somebody getting their life changed forever and made a productive citizen? I'll tell you why. Because they didn't do it their way. They couldn't control it. They weren't getting the praise and the glory. This just is so relevant to where we are, not just politically, but in our churches, in our denominations, so that it spreads no further among the people. That is, we don't want this getting out of hand and out of our control. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name, in the name of Jesus, because there's great power. They feared it. This is true. When a man of God comes on the scene and people can't control him, they get afraid of him, and then they start trying to destroy their character. This is in churches today. It may be in the church where you're going right now. If it is, do something about it or get out of it. Because you don't want to be in a church where you've got a little handful of people that are not going to let God be God in that church. And so it says, and when they had called them, they commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You know why I really believe that a lot of people are not speaking up for Jesus in this day of political correctness is because they don't know him. I believe the reason a lot of people are cowardly not giving testimony and standing for truth is because they don't know the truth. They've never known the truth. You see, what this is going to do in this present age that we're living in, we're about to go through the fire, and we go through this fire, it's going to be like a refiner's fire. 
And those who have just come in because they're consumer Christians and they've gone into a church and said, what can you do for me? And what can you do for my family? And if you don't serve me and provide for me what I want, then I'm going to go to another church. They have never known the Lord. They've never walked with God. They've never had to face any kind of persecution. Well, they're going to fall by the wayside very quickly. And during this time that's coming up, In this next administration or the next administration after it, there's going to be a time when we're going to be tested. And we're going to find out that those who truly know the Lord, they can't help but speak the Word of God. But those who have just been along for the ride, they're going to fall off by the wayside, and we don't need to be shocked by that. You see, Peter said, you can do whatever you need to. I can't help but speak what the truth is and what's happened to me. Because you see, when you know Jesus, you just cannot deny him. You cannot, simply because he is your life. He's not a part of your life. He's not an upgrade. He's not an appendix or an addendum that you can do with or without. Jesus doesn't want to be a part of your life. Jesus wants to be your life. And if he is your life, you cannot deny him because he is everything to you. I'll pick up on it again, and we'll go just a little bit beyond where we are right now in the next podcast. But for right now, for On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.